Uh, well, this morning we have sung a few songs. Now, the songs that we sing here at St. Bart's are, in my opinion, uh, pretty good. Now, I'm a bit biased because I'm actually quite involved in choosing them, so feel free to disagree with me. But we sing about the truths of who God is. We sing about what God has done for us. And we respond in singing about our response to God's mercy. Now, over the next three weeks, we're going to be looking at some songs. Uh, these songs come from Israel's hymn book or prayer book. Uh, these are songs that were set for Israel to sing and to pray together. Uh, this was actually Jesus's hymn book, Jesus' prayer book. He would have grown up singing and reciting these psalms, joining in in, in centuries of worship and praise to our Father. Uh, we've been looking at 1 Corinthians, which Paul wrote. This is Paul's hymn book. Uh, being a good Pharisee before conversion, he would have known these psalms. He would have sung them. And then after his conversion, he would have still sung and recited these through the lens of Jesus, even while writing to the churches while in chains in prison. Uh, the psalms are our hymn book. Uh, God cares for us so much that he would give us words with which to sing and to pray to him, even when we're completely lost for them. So these psalms are for us. That's why over the next three weeks, we're going to be looking at a few of them to remind us that God is our rock, God is our shepherd, and God is our refuge. In the midst of a constantly weary world with uncertainty, fears, trouble just around the corner, we can know and experience the warmth of our God's loving kindness towards us in who he is and what he has done. And the Psalms help us to do just that. So this morning in Psalm 28, we are encouraged to cry out to God in the face of affliction and trust that he is the God who will bring about justice. So firstly, cry out to God. Now, we're told that this is a psalm of David. Uh, we're not given any other context than that. But we do know that in his lifetime, David knew all kinds of injustices. He knew all kinds of affliction. Uh, the king before him, Saul, who was also his father-in-law and also the father of his best mate, Jonathan, sought to kill him because he was jealous of David. Uh, during his reign, there are multiple times when other kings and even people in his own family sought to dethrone him. So who does he call upon to save him? He calls upon the person who is more than able to save. Look at me at verse 1, Psalm 28, verse 1. To you, Lord, I call. You are my rock. Do not turn a deaf ear to me, for if you remain silent, I'll be like those who go down to the pit. Hear my cry for mercy as I call to you for help as I lift up my hands towards your most holy place. Uh, David asks and cries out to the Lord, to God, to God who is merciful and just, to God who has saved his people time and time again, who has such an immense love and care for his people, even when they didn't care for him. Uh, when we see the word Lord in our Bibles with the big capital L and the small capital letters, this means Yahweh. This means God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The God who revealed himself to Moses into nation as Yahweh. Yahweh who is completely faithful to the promises that he makes to us. 
who is completely compassionate and just. Yahweh, who is also a mighty rock, who never changes, who is a sure, certain thing and entirely in control. This is our God. This is who David cries out to. This is who we can cry out to. Uh, this is who we should cry out to. Uh, let's say that your car is broken down by the side of the Warrego Highway. Uh, would you call Jim's plumbing? No, you would probably call RSAQ. If your dog or your cat was sick, would you call your optometrist? No, you would call a vet. If your leg was broken, would you call your local baker? No, you would call up a doctor and go to the emergency room. Likewise, when our lives are seemingly out of control, when we're stricken by grief, when we're surrounded by loneliness, when we're weighed down by an everlasting list of tasks, when we're driven to the edge yet again by our children, who can we call upon to help us? Yahweh, the Lord. That's not to say that we don't seek help from various professionals. Yes, God can and does help us through the provision of these people. But ultimately, the best help comes from and through the Lord. We can cry out to him. David even goes to the point of saying that if the Lord doesn't help him, then he's going to die. If God doesn't help David, if God doesn't help us, we are helpless. But God sits enthroned above all and God wants us to call upon him. In our most desperate situations, we can call upon God. In the most boring and mundane situations of our lives, we can call upon God. God is our rock. God is our helper. And notice this isn't about superstition. This isn't about mindfulness. This isn't about self-motivation. This is about a real relationship with the almighty king of creation. Our king who is loving. Our king who is just. So what does David want God to actually do? Well, he wants God to save him from those who are evil and wants them to be brought to justice. So look with me from verse 3. Do not drag me away with the wicked, with those who do evil, who speak cordially with their neighbours, but harbour malice in their hearts. He says, God, save me. Lord, save me from these people who are two-faced liars. Lord, remember me, your faithful servant. David doesn't want to have anything to do with these sorts of people because they are evil. Then verse 4, repay them for their deeds and for their evil work. Repay them for what their hands have done and bring back on them what they deserve. See, David wants these people to face the full justice and judgment of Yahweh, of the Lord. He wants vindication. He wants these people to reap what they have sown in their evil deeds. But hang on, hang on here. Doesn't Jesus tell us to turn the other cheek? to forgive unconditionally, to love even our enemy? 
How can we sing this psalm? Why, why is David praying in this way? How can we reconcile this? Well, God is loving. God is merciful. God is just. But for God to be truly just, evil has to be, can be, and will be punished. Those who have lived against God, who are evil, who have done all kinds of injustice, who haven't repented, will in fact be brought to justice. There'll be punishment. So what's David doing here? David is calling upon the Lord to just do his work in the world. This isn't about a personal vendetta for David. But this is a cry from the depths of his tormented and anguished heart. But you see, it's the Lord's who's judge. We're not judge. Vengeance and justice is God's to repay, not ours. God is the one who knows all things, and so he is the one who is able to judge in all perfection and all truth. See, our standard of justice can be stained by sin, be stained by our pride. But God's justice is good. God's justice is pure. And so when we have had people wrong us, when we've been on the bad end of experiencing injustices, when we've experienced grave injustices, we can cry out to the Lord. Lord, bring your reign. Lord, bring your justice. And he will ultimately bring it. We may not see it in our lifetime, but he will bring it. See, this is the depths to which God loves us, that he knows us enough to give us a psalm like this, to cry out to him for this. But the Lord knows that this world isn't just. He knows injustice. He knows what it's like to be on the receiving end of injustice in Jesus. Jesus was betrayed by a kiss from a friend. Unjust. Jesus was tried as a criminal, even though innocent. Unjust. Jesus was killed even though he had done nothing wrong. Unjust. Jesus was raised and vindicated so that we, the guilty, may go free for eternity. The Lord knows injustice. And when he comes again, those who are evil and unrepentant will be punished. Those who turn to him will be vindicated. He is the rock. His love is steadfast. He is the judge. His judgments are good. Verse 5 said that those who have no regard for the Lord, those who are evil, he will tear them down and never be built up again. So friends, we can cry out to him. We can call upon the name of the Lord to help and save us. And he hears us. He knows our hurt. He knows our pain. He knows our worries. And he cares for us. 
and so we can live our lives to the praise of his name. Verse 6 says, Praise be to the Lord, for he has heard my cry for mercy. Now, whether David is writing this in the midst of trial or after the fact or somebody else finishes this psalm is a bit of a discussion amongst commentators, but that's not the point here. The point is that God actually hears our cries for mercy and help so that even in the midst of tears, we can praise God. I mean, how amazing is this? Just reflect on this for a moment. Did the God who made the universe, who flung stars into motion... Here's our cries for help. God isn't distant. He isn't cruel. He hasn't just wound up the clock and let us go to our own devices. No, he cares for us. David knows that God has helped him, and so he gives God the praise and God the glory because God is the one who is the ultimate rescuer and saviour. He's the one who holds all things in his hands and is at work in the world. And God can actually intervene. And answer our prayers in line with his timing, will, and purposes. Now, I'm sure that we could go on for the next thousand years just in this room hearing about how God has heard our cries, how God has answered our prayers. And then result of hearing how God is working in the world should be to praise God. This is how David puts it in verse 7. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him, and he helps me. My heart leaps for joy, and with my song I praise him. The Lord is the strength of his people, a fortress of salvation for his anointed one. Uh, There are two types and two different aspects of praise and adoration here. Uh, There's the individual, the personal in verse 7, and then there's the corporate in verses 8 to 9 of being a collective together. So David reminds himself that the Lord is his very own strength and personal shield. The Lord is his helper. Uh, He didn't forget Yahweh as soon as he was out of trouble, but he rejoices in his salvation in the Lord. Now, there are times when we really don't feel all that strong. Maybe times when we feel lost at sea. Maybe like a deer in the headlights. And we feel far from rejoicing. And I so quickly forget how the Lord is my strength. That I don't have to muster up my own strength. I remember one evening I was staying on site at college and the day previously I'd had an interview with some of the program directors and I was convinced that I'd made a mess of it. I couldn't sleep. I was replaying the answers in my head and then replaying how I should have answered in my head as well. Now in my pride and my foolishness, I forgot. And it wasn't until 1am that I opened up a psalm and actually cried out to God. Can't actually remember what psalm I read, but I know that it helped me. I was able instantly to go to sleep after reading and praying through it. I'm so forgetful of God's comfort. And I'm sure that it would have been the same for David at points in time and two. So David reminds himself of the truths of the promises of God. You know how in movies uh, you sometimes see the main character look themselves in the mirror when they've just woken up and say something like, uh, you're strong, you can do this, Uh, no one can beat you because you're the best. That's kind of like what David is doing here. He's reminding himself that he is not strong 
but that God is strong. That he can't do this, but God can do this. I wonder how different our days would be if we were to look ourselves in the mirror and say, the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and he helps me. I reckon my day would go pretty different. So that's the individual aspect. Then there's the corporate aspect. That is that God helps and strengthens his people. If even as the collective people of God, we try to do anything in our own strength rather than God's strength, it won't work. Everything that we do must be done in total reliance on God, undergirded by prayer, because he alone is our strength. He is the one who has saved us. He is the one who has promised us the inheritance of eternal life, the inheritance of the kingdom of God. This is what David refers to in verse 9. He asks God to continue to be faithful to his covenant and to preserve his people and to use them for his glory. He asks God to come through on his kingdom purposes, to shepherd his people and to carry them forever. What does this look like? Well, you have to come next week as we look at Psalm 23 together. But for now, the Lord has saved us, not just individuals, but as a people. We are in this life together. We aren't left to leave it alone, wonderingly, aimlessly. But we are left to live and to serve the one who has saved us, who guides us and helps us. We need to constantly look to him to be our guide. Look to him for direction. And in his loving kindness, he will shepherd us. He's our rock, our strength, our salvation. So we can cry out to him. And cry out to him for stability in a fragile world. Can cry out to him for strength in an energy sapping world. We can cry out to him for justice in an unjust world. We can cry out to him wherever we are on our front lines, at work, in the car, in our flat by ourselves in the darkest hours of the night in the hospital, besides the resting place of loved ones, in the waiting room waiting for that next doctor's appointment, in the car park of the courtroom, we can cry out to our loving God for mercy, for justice. And he hears us. He knows us. He's shown us love to the greatest extent in Jesus. He's given us his presence in the person of the Holy Spirit. And there will come a day when he will come again. Wipe every tear from our eye. Bring in a world where justice and peace will reign. There will be no more suffering, crying, or hurt. To you, Yahweh, I call. You are my rock. 
The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and he helps me. My heart leaps for joy and with my song I praise him. Let's pray. Our gracious, loving, compassionate and just God, how we thank you so much for your mercy, for your love, for your care, for your shelter, for your salvation. We thank you so much that we can cry out to you, even in the midst of suffering or in the midst of the, of the mundane. Lord God, please help us. Please strengthen us. Please be our shield and help us to never forget that you are our strength, that you are our great redeemer. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.